And so we uh, continue our study and needed, I'm sorry, needy and needed. And you may remember from last week that Will walked us through uh, what fellowship is and how we can effectively live in fellowship with one another. And we looked at a really good definition of community, what it means to be the body of Christ, what it is that binds us together. Uh, We looked at our need to confess our sins to one another. And along with that, we looked at the compassion that we should show each other as we do life together, as we recognize that We're all sinners being sanctified on our way to see our Savior. And as we continue this thought this morning, we're going to spend some time looking at our need to pray for one another. Listen, this is one of the best ways that we can minister to one another in the body of Christ, is to lift one another up in prayer. Now, certainly that's not the only thing that we can do for one another but one of, my, my, one of my concerns that I see at times in my own life, and maybe you see this as well, is that sometimes we can often replace fervent supplication for one another with physical service to one another. Instead of both of those components being combi- combined as they ought. For example, let's say a brother or sister has a physical need that they need help with, like yard work or they need help moving, we should certainly seek to help them as we are able, but we don't want to deceive ourselves into thinking that that was the only way that we can help them or even the best way that we can help them. We're reminded in Galatians 6, verse 2 here, to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And listen, one of the greatest ways that we can do that is by praying for one another. And we must do so with great compassion toward one another, as Will mentioned last week. When you read through 2 Corinthians, right at the beginning of that book, Paul was in the midst of one of the greatest trials of his life. And I want you to think of what he said here to the church at Corinth with all of their baggage (laughs) that they had going on here. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. Paul, speaking about himself and his co-workers to the Corinthian church, says this, You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. So the Apostle Paul held prayer at a very high place. And he talks about this aspect of helping us by prayer. Now, I don't know if we often think about it in those terms, but typically when somebody says, hey, can you help me with something? Immediately, your your mind probably goes to some type of physical need that you're going to jump in and help them out with or whatever, right? And and Paul kind of turns us and he says, you must also help us by prayer, right? So that's that's the mindset that we should have when it comes to how we can effectively serve one another and not to minimize that. Again, that's not the only thing that we should do, right? We don't want to fall on the other side of that and just say, I'm not going to help that person do anything. I'm just going to pray for them, <laughs> right? No, we we should combine those two as we're able to help with physical things, but also we should be on our knees 
for one another and interceding before God. Okay, so with, with that in mind, I want you to look specifically here on your notes how we are to pray for one another. Okay, how we are to pray for one another. First, we want to pray for what the other person is requesting. And of course, there's a little caveat caveat on that is as long as it's in accordance with God's will, right? You know, if, if somebody comes up to you and says, um, I, I want you to pray for me about, you know, divorcing my spouse or whatever the case may be, and it's an unfounded biblical thing, of course, you're not going to pray for those type of things, but what the other person is requesting is very very important. This goes along, this ties in with what Will was talking about last week, how in the body of Christ we are to have compassion for one another. One of the things that we want to remember with this is to remember that if a person is sharing a request with you, it obviously is carrying some sort of weight in that person's heart. Even if it may seem minimal, or even trivial in your eyes, right? When someone is asking you to pray for something, they're revealing what's on their heart, okay? What they may be struggling with or what they may be feeling anxious about. For example, let's say that somebody's in school and they have what appears to them to be a really big test coming up. And they're stressing out over it, right? And they've asked you to pray for them. And in reality, that test may not be that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, right? But listen, it's a big deal to them right now. So the wrong thing to do would be to say something like, you know, in the big picture, it doesn't really matter if you get an A or a B on this test, or even a C for that matter. Because it's not going to affect your decree and, and your future employer, I can tell you right now, is certainly not going to look back at your test scores to see how well you did on this test. Is there anything else I can pray for you about? Right? We don't want to have that mindset. But I think oftentimes when we hear people bring up requests, or maybe even we ourselves, if prayer requests are being given and you feel these monumental prayer requests being given and you've got this test coming up in your class, you're like, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about it right? And that's the wrong way to approach it as well. And I, I kind of use that illustration to say that we don't ever want to minimize the burdens that another person is carrying on their heart. Instead, we need to remind ourselves of what's stated in 1 Peter 5, 7. Okay? Somebody want to read that for us? Okay casting all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Okay, so it's not some or most. It's all. No matter how big or small, how significant they are or how insignificant they may appear, we are to lay all of our cares at the throne of a gracious and loving Father, and we are to intercede for one another in the same way. If it, Listen, if it's a care upon the heart of a brother or sister who is asking for prayer, it is a care that God desires to be cast upon him. Okay, so whatever that may be, whatever that, 
thing in your heart that is causing anxiety, it's to be cast upon the Lord. And the Lord often, in the midst of those things, gives you the right perspective to deal with whatever it is that you're feeling anxious about. And that's how we're to come alongside one another as well. We don't want to minimize that. We don't want to look down upon anybody's prayer request. Okay? Additionally, in Philippians 4, 6, I think I have 7 on here as well, 4, 6, and 7, uh, here's what it says if somebody would like to read that for us. Okay, good. Thanks, Amanda. Again, we can assist our brothers and sisters by praying for what is tempting them to be anxious. And I want you to notice again here that we're not to be anxious about anything, right? So listen, throughout the course of a day, there's all kinds of things that may come at us that cause us anxiety. There are temptations to be anxious, And so when we look at this from an aspect of interceding for one another, whatever it is that our brother or sister is being tempted by to be anxious, that needs to be lifted before the throne, certainly by them, but also by us as we bear one another's burdens. I want you to notice also something that's very important in this passage is that the peace that God gives comes from going to him with our requests not once we receive the answers to those requests, right? Let your requests be made known to God. It says nothing about God answering them right in that moment, but verse 7 says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Okay? So it's not that the peace comes after the request is answered necessarily. It comes as you lay that request before the throne. Because God will give you the proper perspective on how to deal with whatever it is that's being anxious. And that's a great way that we can come alongside one another and lift one another up. And I'm sure that all of us can testify to that reality. When we lay that request before him that is potentially causing anxiety, he grants us peace before he even brings an answer to that request. A text that I I really love regarding this mindset is Isaiah 26, 3, which says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Isn't that great? You keep him in perfect peace, notice this, whose mind is stayed on you, right? Right? When our minds are fixed on God and not on those things around us that may be causing anxiety, God brings that peace to us. Okay? And that's how we can intercede for one another and remind one another as we do life together. So we desire to come alongside one another in prayer that the Lord may grant that person the peace that he alone can provide. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure that the foundation was laid for that. We don't want to minimize. We don't want to overlook. Anybody want to add anything to that as we, before we jump into the uh, second part here, which is where we'll spend the rest of our, our time? Okay, so we're to pray for one another as the person requested. And then secondly, there on your notes, 
we're to pray for one another beyond what is requested. In my experience, more often than not, when I ask someone how I can pray for them or they tell me what they would like for me to pray about, or when someone asks how they can pray for me, it usually stays on the surface with that simple request alone. It may be whatever burden has come flooding in upon you that week. But listen, here's what, when we talk about praying beyond what is requested, what we need here is discernment to look past that simple request alone and look down deeper into that person's heart. Let me give you an example of this. If someone asks, for example, for prayer for a job interview that they have coming up and they simply leave it at that. They just say, hey, I've got a job interview coming up. Can you please pray for that? We should take it beyond that in our prayer for them, recognizing how this might be affecting their hearts. Okay? And so with the remainder of the time left, what I'd like to do is look at some passages with you so that we can learn how to go deeper in our prayers for each other. So that, what, what could potentially be arising if that person is going in for a job interview? What are some things that might be going on in that person's heart during that time? Say it again. Nervousness. Nervousness. Okay. Right. So we're going to pray for the job interview, but we're going to also pray for what's going on in the person's heart during that time. And you may not do this specifically when you sit uh, or when you pray with that person. You may do it on your own, but you should be thinking beyond that simple request and taking it deeper into what that what may actually be going on in that person's heart, even if they don't reveal it in their in their prayer request. Okay. So. I want to look at a few things here in Scripture uh, that we can do to pray for one another. Even if none of us ever came to each other with a prayer request, there's enough in Scripture for us to know we should constantly be praying for one another, and here's how we can be doing that. And so I hope this has a twofold effect. Number one, it helps you to see how we can pray from a biblical perspective, and number two, I hope it ignites our prayers for one another, even when we're not putting prayer requests on the prayer chain, right? That we're just interceding for one another constantly. So let's look at a few ways, and then we're also going to practice this as we work through these passages. So in other words, we're going to read through a few passages, and then we're just going to take time and pray for each other collectively as we do this, so we can think about how we ought to be praying for each other, okay? Knowing that the Word of God is essential in our growth as Christians and is the way that we come to know God more and more, we should pray for each other's time in His Word and that it would be a delight. And I want to look at with you a couple passages from Psalm 119, verses 18 through 20, and also 36 through 38. So that we can kind of get a feel. When I'm reading through passages, I'm thinking about my own heart and what's going on there, but I can also take time to intercede for other people in accordance with the passages that I'm reading. Okay, so let's take a look here at Psalm 119, verses 18 through 20. Somebody would like to read that for us. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I may sojourner on the earth. I'm not your dependence for me. Soul is consumed with longing for the rules of all times. Okay, good. 
We're going to come back to that here in just a second. Take a look also at verses 36 through 38, if somebody can read that. Okay, so just those two passages alone. Let's think through it together. How could we turn that in to a prayer request for another person? Okay? And, and something else that's helpful as well is you may want to make a list uh, throughout the week of just different people that you know within the church that you're interacting with and praying for a couple people a day in accordance with what you're reading in the Word. Okay? So let's think about this. Going back to verses 18 through 20. What are some things here that we can turn into prayer requests? Amen. Okay? So just that first, verse 18, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Right? So, you know, you pray for whoever it is. Lord, as they get into your word, open their eyes, Lord. Help them to see the glory of who you are. Help them to delight in you. Right? See how you can just quickly turn that into a prayer request before anybody even asks for a prayer request from you. Okay? Um, Father, remind them that as we live in this world, we're just sojourners who are passing through. This isn't our home. Help their hearts not to get tied to it. Wean them off of the things that they're being tempted to delight in in this world. Right? Just like you're just thinking things that are going, create in them a desire and a longing for your commandments, your rules at all times. Right? Listen, if you pray for me that way, hallelujah. I thank you. Please pray for me that way, right? So this is a great way that we can just read a few verses and turn that right back into a prayer request okay, to God. And I'm just giving this, these couple as examples. We're going to read a section out of Proverbs 2, and that's where I want us to, to pray together. Okay, how about verses 36 through 38? What, what do we see in that passage that we can turn around into a prayer request for each other? What does God's word say about this type of situation? Yes. Good. Okay. Because not our thoughts, but Amen. That's right. We want the Lord's thoughts to bear on that situation, right? How could you turn that around? What are some things that you see in there that you could turn around into prayer requests? Amen. Right? Let's say, let's say you know of a, a brother or sister in the congregation that you know they've shared with you how they're battling with the world and just its desires. Man, that's a great passage right there. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Isn't that a great statement? I recognize in myself that I need you to do something, Lord. I need you to turn my eyes, right? Keep me from looking at those worthless things that are around me. And then how about the last one? Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Somebody that's struggling with assurance of salvation, 
Lord, strengthen them according to the promise of the gospel. Help them to remember who they are in Christ, that you would be feared in their life, that they would walk in fear of you all their days. So we could just take these passages, right, and turn them right back around before anybody would even ask for a prayer request. So that's what I mean when I say we definitely want to pray for what we're requesting to each other. We don't want to minimize that, but we always want to go beyond that as well and take what we see in the Word and lift one another up in accordance with what we see here. Now, to practice our praying together in this, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 2, and let's read verses 1 through 12 together. And then I'm going to ask for somebody to, to pray. So let me, let me ask first, who would be willing to pray in accordance with what we read here in Proverbs 2. And I want that prayer to be for us, okay, for, for, our, for the people in here, for our church. Who would be willing to, uh, willing to do that? Des? Okay. And by the way, if you come to our prayer meetings, this is what our prayer meetings look like. We read a passage of scripture and then we pray in accordance with what we see in in that scripture, okay? So if I can get somebody to read Proverbs 2, 1 through 6, and then somebody else 7 through 12, be willing to do that. 1 through 6, Scott, thank you. Okay, 7 through 12, Forrest. All right, here we go. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk upright. He guards the path as of justice and preserves the way of the saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice equity of every good path. When wisdom enters your heart, knowledge is pleasant to your soul. Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil and the streets of those things. Amen. Alright, Des.
this does. All right, so let's, uh, I'm going to work through with you a few different passages, and in particular prayers that we see um, in the scriptures, so that we can think biblically how we should be praying for one another. And again, I hope this kind of transforms your own personal time uh, with the Lord as you dig into the Word for your own sake. And as you pray for yourself, that it would launch you into intercession for one another as well. Okay, so I want to look with you here, starting in Ephesians chapter 1. I'll have this up here on the uh, PowerPoint. But let's work through verses 15 through 19 in Ephesians 1 here and think about what's being stated um, in in this prayer that uh, Paul is lifting up. Okay, so Ephesians 1, verses 15 through 19. I'll go ahead and read this first section, which says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So, what do we see, first and foremost, Paul doing in this section? Giving thanks, right? That, that's pretty convicting when you read through that. How much time, right, do we spend in prayer just thanking God for the body of Christ here? Right? Just kind of let that land on you. Do you thank God? Do you thank God for those around you who have been pouring into your life, speaking the word of God as you gather together in your small groups and in the corporate setting, right? So, There's a good starting point right there. Giving thanks to God for one another. Okay. Now, moving on, Paul gets more specific here. He says, remembering you in my prayers, and then he launches off in here. So he's telling the Ephesians, here's how I pray for you. Okay. Here's how I pray for you. If somebody would like to read that section for us, and then we'll kind of unpack it a little bit. this here that we can learn from, right? As Paul's praying for the Ephesians, what do we see him praying for specifically? Good. Very good. Very good. Okay? So, spirit of wisdom, right? And revelation, right? And of revelation. In the knowledge of him, so a greater understanding of who God is, right? These are believers, Right? They've, they've come to know God, but there's still a lot more to know. Right? So there's that prayer. And as Audrey mentioned, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Okay? And to what end? Now, he gives a few different things that he prays for here when he talks about having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. What does he want them to see as their eyes are being enlightened, the eyes of their hearts are being enlightened? Very good. Okay, so you've got the riches of his glorious inheritance, the hope to which he has called us, right? And then the last one there, 
the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. So you have those three things. Now, what would that look like in a prayer request? As far as, let's just kind of break those down, and let's take those last three there. What would, what would that look like as far as the hope to which we have been called? How could you pray for someone just in that phrase in itself? Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That's exactly right. And, and if you look at this passage contextually, when you look back through Ephesians 1, starting at verse 3, and reading all the way through verse 14, he lays out what the hope is, okay, what he's talking about. So you can go back and you can look through that and work through that and pray for one another in that way. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Okay. Father, blow our minds. Help us to understand all that we have been given in Christ. Right? My eyes are being shifted off of eternal things. Right? I pray that they would have minds that are set on things that are above and not on the things that are on earth. <laughs> Help them to understand who they are in Christ and all that they have in Him. Let their hearts be satisfied alone in that. Right? So you just lift that up as a, as a prayer request. Okay? The immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe. Again, this goes back to what Christ has accomplished on our behalf, right? He's about to launch into it in chapter 2 when he talks about, you were dead in your sins, now you're alive in Christ. That's the immeasurable greatness of his, of his power. So you can see how just reading through this section, if you were going through this on your own, as you're working through it, you're thinking about your own heart, I pray that it broadens out and you think about your brothers and sisters in the faith and you start interceding for them in that way. And as we grow in our fellowship with one another and you get to hear from one another more consistently and where our hearts are, you'll start to become attuned to different struggles that each person faces, right? Different patterns of discouragement or whatever the case may be. And this is a great way for us to lift one another up before the Lord. Okay, and then moving on to Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 19. Paul continues his prayer here when he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. Okay, now he's launching back into a prayer. Here's how I'm praying for you as well. That according to the riches of his glory, now here he goes, he may grant you, it's a prayer request, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Okay, so you're praying for heart issues here, right? This is where you're kind of taking those requests that maybe somebody brought to you that are real and significant in their lives, and you're trying to go deeper in that request for them, helping them to see that. And then watch what he goes on to say, if I can have somebody read the rest of that. This can be a consistent prayer request for us because Paul says here, I want you to have strength, and what is the strength for? To do what? To comprehend, right? So there's this, 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 I, I want you to know something. I pray that God gives you strength to know something. And what is it? It's this love that Christ has for us, the breadth and the 
the, the length and the height and the depth to know the love of Christ, notice this, that surpasses knowledge. Right? So I'm praying that you know something that I know on this sort, side of glory you won't fully know. Because <laughs> it surpasses knowledge. It's that great. So I can just, you're never going to come to the place where you say, I, I, I understand the love of Christ. I got it. I figured it out. Nope, it's not going to happen. You're just going to be astounded all your life and into eternity. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Okay? So I'm going to turn this into a prayer request for us right now. Okay? So let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for, again, the hope that we have in Christ. Lord, thank you that you have worked in us powerfully, Lord. We think of who we once were apart from you and how we were just dead in our sins and just walking aimlessly in this world not knowing Lord what life is about and in your great mercy you awakened us we just want to thank you and praise you for your kindness to us in your son this love father is inexhaustible and we ask indeed that you would give us strength to comprehend what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of this love that Christ has for us. And Father, as that love is understood more and more by us, may it flow through us to one another and certainly to this world that does not know at all what it means to be truly loved by God because that happens through Christ. We ask that you would, you would help us, Lord, um, not to waver in these things, that our hearts would be strengthened in this way, that we would remember who we are, the children of God, uh, for your glory, and that would have a massive impact on how we live our lives. So please help us, help us to that end. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just working through Ephesians uh, is enough to keep you constantly praying for one another. Um, in chapter 6, um, verses 10 through 20, you have the full armor of God. And with the time that we have remaining, I'm not going to jump into that. I think I have that down on your notes. I do. Um, so that's another great way to be praying for one another is looking at the armor of God and praying for one another to be sufficiently, sufficiently armed. Um, notice in verse 18 in Ephesians 6, we're told this, praying at all times in the, in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Right? So you have that aspect, or recall, this is part of the warfare is prayer. Okay? So we're to be interceding for one another continuously. This is one of the means. You ever think about that? Our prayers to God is one of the means of grace that God uses to keep the enemy at bay in the lives of that person that you're praying for. And that doesn't encourage you to pray for each other, right? This is a means, it's, it's not just this routine thing that we do. I got to pray for so-and-so. No, this is powerful. It's a means of grace that God has instituted as a part of the armor of God to keep us from succumbing to the temptations of the evil one. So we should be continuously praying for one another against those onslaughts that come 
that come at us. Okay, we're just going to look at a couple more here with the time we have remaining. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. If I can have somebody read that for us. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may improve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Okay, good. So you just take the first, you just take really verse 9. You can just look at that there. My prayer is that your love may abound more and more. That's a great way to pray for each other, isn't it? Okay, kind of ties in with what we just looked at there in Ephesians chapter 3. And then also with knowledge and all discernment. So it's not just this ethereal love, right? Cupid flying through the air, shooting arrows. It's not just this, it's solid love, biblically grounded love that we're praying for to happen here. Okay, so there's just another good example of what that looks like. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5 Okay, here's a prayer of Paul's for the church at Thessalonica. May the Lord direct your hearts. Notice this. Isn't this a great, just think about this. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Right? So somebody's feeling the weight of their sin. There's no way God can possibly love me. Man, I keep battling with this sin. I keep fighting against these things. There's a great prayer to lift up for them. Lord, direct this person's heart to the love of God. Help them to see of your love that will carry them, that will get them through this, that will conquer this sin that is in their life. Remind them of the steadfastness of Christ, that He has promised, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Remind them of that promise today, Lord. And then, right, and then you're thinking about it, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot a quick text. Hey, I just wanted to remind you of this promise today. He'll never leave you, He'll never forsake you. And a word of encouragement is sent. So, right, so those prayers that you're having are good things. Hey, you know, I, I prayed for you this morning, and here's what I prayed for. That's a great source of encouragement to one another, isn't it? Okay? <laughs> that we're on our knees for each other, lifting one another up before the throne of God. Okay? Uh, let's just take a look at two more. We're going to shift to a couple prayers that we see Jesus lifting up. Matthew 9. 36 through 38. Somebody can read that for us. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because of the harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, Harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest and send out laborers into the harvest. Okay, good. So here we're dealing with bringing the gospel to other people, right? And so. You know, we're thinking of one another maybe in the workplace. Maybe you're the place where you work. You know, Father, I pray for this person and this person as they go to work today. I know that they've told me that they're having some issues with coworkers. Um, help them to have compassion on them. Help them to see their coworkers as those who are like sheep without a shepherd. They're lost. They're wandering through this world. Have no idea what's going on. And then use them, Lord. Right? The laborers are few. Please 
open their mouths for the sake of your name. Give them opportunities to bring the gospel to these people, right? Yes, Sabrina. Yes. So great example of how we can do that. And here's, here's Jesus telling the disciples, Here how, here's how you ought to pray. I'm totally sovereign. I have my sheep. I call them unto myself. And yet here's where you see that how does it happen? It happens through laborers being sent out and proclaiming the gospel. So that, this is how you can pray for one another um, with your coworkers, neighbors, friends, family, whatever the, whatever the case may be. And then one more we'll look at here. Jesus in John 17, you're probably familiar with that, with that uh, scripture where he's praying for us, the believers. It's also known as Christ's high priestly prayer. John 17 and verse 11, if somebody can read that for us. Okay, good. So there's that aspect. Holy Father, keep them in your name which you have given me that they may be one even as we are one. So there you have unity in the body of Christ, right? Christ praying for this unity and for the Father to keep them. And then in verse 13, he continues on here. Very important. But now I am coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Right? These things I speak, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Right? So that's a great way to pray for each other. As we read the Word, okay? Father, as so-and-so is reading the Word this morning, let the joy of Christ be fulfilled in them strengthen them as they so right it's not just this all right i got to read the word today and this is what i do okay i read it let me move on now to whatever is next there would be joy in that the joy of christ in the word of god because that is how he has spoken to us okay all right so uh we're out of time here but i hope that just gives you a little bit of a foundation as we think about this aspect of compassionately coming alongside one another, praying for one another, how we can do that and how we can do that consistently, right? If we never gave one another a prayer request, we have the word of God laid open before us to constantly be lifting one another up. And so I want to encourage you to that end. Um, You know, whatever ministries that you're plugged into in the church and whoever, you know, as you're building relationships with one another, write those people's names down and make it a point throughout the week be lifting them up in prayer. Perhaps you don't do that at all right now. So even let's just say you just started with one person a day. 
At the end of the week, you'd, be, you'd have prayed for seven people within, within the church. You would have lifted them up. And you'll see that as you do that, you'll start increasing that list. Next thing you know, you'll be paying for 14 a week and then 21 and so on and so forth. And you'd be praying for everybody all throughout the week. Wouldn't that be a great thing to do if all of us were committed to lifting one another up all throughout the week? What a difference that would make. Do we really believe there's power in prayer? Well, it will be shown in how often we pray if we really believe that, right? And so let's, let's believe what the Word of God tells us and pray that God would strengthen us to that end. Amen? Let me close this. Father, thank you for this time together. It's a blessing just to sit here and read the Word of God with each other. Lord, we thank you for your patience with us. I think of the parable that Jesus told in Luke 18. And he told it to the end that we would always pray and not lose heart. And so, Lord, the temptation is there for every one of us to be prayerless at times. But I pray that that would not characterize who we are, Lord. May we understand that the way that you have chosen to bring about your sovereign plan, your sovereign decrees, is partly through the prayers of your people. And so may our hearts be strengthened to be those who are found consistently interceding for one another, Lord, in all areas, whatever the request may be and beyond whatever that request may be, Lord. Let us be faithful to lift one another up before the throne, knowing of the power that we have access to because of what Christ has accomplished on our behalf. And may you make us a people of prayer. If we're known for anything, Lord, may we be known as people who fervently pray to our God in accordance with his word. And so please help us to that end. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Did anybody have anything they wanted to uh, share? Sorry, I didn't. we did have a few minutes left and I didn't really give you an opportunity to...